Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Just to refresh the memories of those who might have missed it, when he was asked what he personally was planning to do along with his family to curtail their use of plastics, the Prime Minister weighed in. What do you and your family do to cut back on plastics? Uh, we uh, uh, we have uh, recently switched to drinking uh, water bottles out of uh, water out of uh, when we have water bottles uh, out of a plastic uh, sorry away from plastic towards uh, paper um, like drink box water bottles sort of things. <laughs> Brian, I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, it's a it's a gasser every time I play that. That that is one for the archives. Call the Tetra Pack. You know, the same thing your kids' juice boxes are in. You know, you, you hand it to him with a straw and you say, don't squeeze, don't squeeze. Uh, look, look he, he completely flubbed it. Now his uh, supporters are coming out and saying, oh, you know, all you guys on talk radio and in the sun and, and Michelle Rempel, you're making fun of people with stutters. No. You're mocking people with a disability. Look, I've known Justin Trudeau since he was first elected in 2008. He's been on the national stage t- since 2000. He does not have a stutter. And the fact that they would go to that level is an insult to people with stutters. Mm. Uh, lots of people, myself including, uh, included, had speech impediments as children. He doesn't have that. He, he just simply didn't know what to say because, well, the chef does the shopping, the nanny looks after the kids. What's left for him to do at home? He doesn't know. <laughs> I get that he's busy, but... Anyway, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's not even as bad as uh, what he said on the national unity question after the premier's road tour. Yeah, thanks for helping me with the segue there. <laughs> You're right. I mean, this is now the serious stuff, and maybe he's trying to switch the channel. I don't know, but has to do with this whole uh, surrounding the uh, extraction and exploitation of our natural resources, primarily out west. And then you've got Bill C-69 and 48, respectively. One is the uh, assessment uh, bill that's being considered, you know, uh, before the Senate, and the Senate had some amendments, uh, anywhere around 200, that have been more or less rejected by the Liberals, the principal stuff. And then the other one is a tanker bill ban uh, up there on the northwest coast of B.C. Because there have been complaints from people like Jason Kenney saying, you got to start listening to uh, our constituents and this and that, and uh, not ignoring them and ignoring the Senate amendments, Trudeau says they're playing uh, with national unity and uh, it's inflammatory and yada, yada, yada. So opine on that. What's he thinking here? He thinks that one line where the premiers, and we're talking six premiers, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, New Brunswick, and the premier of uh, uh, the Northwest Territories all said, bring us together around something we can unite on, uh, focus on, uh, you know, on, on what can bring us together. He's like, oh, they're playing with national unity. And he denounced them and said, Andrew Scheer should be denouncing these people. And he also said that because they're playing with national unity, they're not fit for higher office. I, I want to take you in Mr. Peabody's way back machine, John. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all the way back to February 13th, 2012. Mm-hmm. Some people would say it's unfair. That's seven years ago. Well, seven years ago, it was in the last parliament, 
Justin Trudeau had been an MP for almost four years. He was a year away from becoming the leader of the Liberal Party. And he basically said if Stephen Harper stays PM, he'd consider voting for separation. Here's the full quote. If at a certain point I believed that Canada was really the candidate of Stephen Harper, that we were going against abortion, we were going against gay marriage, we were going backwards in 10,000 different ways, maybe I would think about wanting to make Quebec a country. A uh, couple things on that. Stephen Harper had been in power for six years at that point. He hadn't moved on abortion or hadn't tried to roll back gay marriage. He uh, also had a majority. If you know that's what he was going to do, he would have done it within the first year of his majority. So Justin Trudeau was out giving an interview in Quebec in French, fear-mongering about how bad the conservatives were and saying and trying to play up to the, the separatist vote and saying, well, you know, if it became like Stephen Harper's Canada, I'd vote for separation. Justin Trudeau's the only politician in this conversation that's going around this letter that has said they would vote for a separatist party. Well, yeah, he's demagoguing an issue. There's no question. I mean, uh, that's nice that you go back into the archives, 2012, uh, well-researched. Well, you might remember him uh, being asked about it, and he doubled down. He doubled down in interviews with uh, The Globe, with CBC, and there was that famous scrum that he did where he was talking about himself in the third person, like he's George Costanza on Seinfeld, <laughs> saying, does Justin Trudeau love Canada? Of course Justin Trudeau loves Canada. <laughs> uh, you know, it was just a bizarre moment, but he never backed away from those comments. It's gold, Brian. It's gold. Uh, Brian Lilly from The Sun is with us on this matter of, uh, you know, I've got to ask, because uh, here in this province, Doug Ford, uh, I know you've spoken to him recently, and uh, a couple of issues. I mean, there's a report in the Star today, for example, that he's looking to hit the reset button. Uh, there might be some internal dissension, and the latest polls, seven of which I guess have reflected negatively, uh, post the budget, and uh, most of the focus has been on spending cuts uh, rather than, as they say, they've rolled out more money for certain things like education and help. But uh, let me just digress for a second. The ads on the uh, game the other night showed Andrew Shear being likened to Doug Ford, kind of joined at the hip. The company that was doing that, or the people who were sponsoring that, Engage, uh, sort of a collection of uh, left-wing activists and, uh, well, unions, Unifor uh, taking credit, Jerry Diaz, which, by the way, aren't they on the advisory panel as to uh, who might be uh, chosen to give out money in the $600 million media fund? So, I mean, has... yeah, yeah, they are. They're also, full disclosure, my union, and I'm not happy with them. Yeah, I don't have a choice but to be a member of Unifor. Um, you know, it's part of the deal for working at The Sun. They unionized several years ago and mistakenly got into bed with Unifor. And instead of just looking after workplace issues, they decide to get involved in politics. And so Unifor had their own ad out during the, the Raptors Game 5. Right. They, they're also a big sponsor of Engage Canada. Back in the last election campaign, my estimate was about $1.5 million is what they put into Engage Canada. And that, you know, that comes from the fact that they were described as being on par with the steelworkers. Mm -hmm. The steelworkers being based in the United States have to report to the U.S. Department of Labor. And guess what? They reported, I believe it was $1.5 million to Engage Canada. Um, so Unifor was doing the same, but even members can't find out what they spent because they're not required to disclose that. So Unifor is spending huge money to make sure the Conservatives aren't elected while being on the panel to give out the money to the media. Right, which shows it's a, a political process, or it's been politicized, which uh, 
doesn't really, you know, pass the sniff test. Let me ask you about uh, Doug Ford and his uh, government also doing something that could be a boon to Ontario manufacturing, which has been somewhat depleted, if not decimated, over the win years. Uh, Todd Smith on Wednesday, earlier today, I guess, uh, speaking before the Auto Parts Manufacturing Association, they're really in full recruit mode to bring some uh, offshore manufacturing, auto manufacturing, back into the province, are they not? They really are, and they made the announcement uh, back in, it was Valentine's Day, actually, uh, I think up in Woodbridge, and and, uh, the seat uh, parts manufacturer, and they said, look, we we want to bring out an auto strategy. They refuse to call it a plan, but it's a strategy of of trying to bring back manufacturing, of trying to make sure that the industry is healthy. This morning, Smith was looking at ways that he can roll back regulations, and I was talking with Flavio Volpe, who runs the Auto Parts Manufacturers Association, and he was saying, look, the government is doing all the right moves. They're not going too fast. They're listening. They're making uh, sensible changes. They're looking at bringing back an industrial rate for electricity because that scares away a lot of manufacturers now. They're getting rid of silly regulations like uh, every auto assembly plant because they have to be able to put a few liters of fuel in every car. Mm is regulated as if they're a gas station that's selling to thousands of members of the public every day. Hmm. Um, Yeah, sure, there can be health and safety in there, but you don't need to treat them like they're the local Shell or Esso. So they're rolling back things like that. That's really uh, interesting to them. But the big thing, I think, and I was writing about this in The Sun this morning, is that they want to find what they're calling a super site, 500 to 1,500 acres, and make sure that it's serviced with electricity, with water, with sewer, that it's zoned properly so that they can market it to global auto giants like Tata out of uh, India, mm-hmm. which has grown to the point that they own Jaguar and Land Rover. Yeah. Uh, but they don't have a manufacturing base here. They're looking, and they want to make sure that if someone like Tata or Mahindra or one of these other big manufacturers wants to come here, Renault out of France, that they pick Ontario, which it's been a long time since that happened. Well, yeah, it uh, would be a boon to the province for sure. And you cite also in your piece that the municipality of Edwardsburg Cardinal, which is in eastern Ontario near the 401 and 416, the highway in and out of Ottawa, has 10,000 acres of land available. So that's a yeah, prospective site. and the site. province owns it. Yeah, well, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, it'd be a great development, certainly for that part of the province. Uh, Brian, it's great to get the heads up on all of these things, and I appreciate your weighing in again. All right. Anytime, John. Thanks. You got a Brian Lilly, political columnist for the uh, Toronto Sun. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.